I, it's kind of a, you've got to know starting off here, it's sort of an interesting uh, experience this evening where uh, I'm kind of preaching to empty pews. Daniel is behind the camera. And I want to start by saying thank you to Darla and Daniel, um, you know, for doing a lot of work behind the scenes. And I want to say thank you to Daniel because Daniel is the mastermind behind the technology. Um, tonight we're coming at you and um, we're going to, you know, be going into a series for the next three weeks uh, called Faith, Hope, and Love. And what we wanted to do, Daniel and I, what we wanted to do was we kind of, since we're not going to be here for the next several weeks, we wanted to have a sermon series that would bring in not only what was happening uh, in the world about us, but also getting us ready as we prepare for Easter. Um, I think it's safe to say that no matter what is going on around us, we are still getting closer and closer to a very, very important Christian event, a very important week for all of us uh, in terms of our faith and in terms of our beliefs. So what we kind of want to do is we kind of want to look at what's going on. I mean, I don't want to ignore what's going on around us, but we also kind of want to prepare our hearts and minds for the Easter season. And so we're going to begin with a passage from a famous chapter, a lot of times known as the love chapter. Uh, it comes from 1 Corinthians 13, and this particular passage will be a passage that we will repeat for each of the next three weeks, and here's how it reads. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And what we will do over the next three weeks is we will focus in on each of these words. We'll focus in on the word faith, we'll focus in on the word hope, and we'll focus in on the word love. Tonight, we will focus in on the word faith. And we will not only prepare our hearts and minds for the Easter season, but we will also continue to consider what is going on in the world around us. And I'd like to begin um, with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord, for everything that You've done for us. You tell us in Scripture to come to You with thankfulness in our hearts. And Lord, even though there may be a lot of things going on in the world, and there may be a lot of uncertainty, and a lot of angst, and a lot of worry, um, Heavenly Father, we know that You are still in control. Heavenly Father, we have faith in You. We have a faith that You can help us through our most difficult times, or our most difficult trials. Heavenly Father, when we look at faith and when we think about faith, obviously we look at the faith that Jesus Christ had when He continued to do Your will, even in the face of great adversity. Heavenly Father, He was a man and walked this earth as a man, yet He still did Your will. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the example that Jesus Christ gave. We thank You, Jesus, for what You did for us. And we would just ask that as we consider this idea of faith, that we will be a people of faith, that we will have great faith, that we will continue to look to You and continue, Heavenly Father, to know that You are in control. And that, Heavenly Father, as we get closer and closer to Easter and to the week preceding Easter, that we will consider what it means to be a people of faith. We thank You, Lord, and we love You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
When I think about faith, I'm often reminded of Hebrews chapter 11. And there were some folks who went through a Wednesday night Bible study, um, and we went through every single character in Hebrews chapter 11. And oftentimes it is referred to as the Hall of Faith. And I would encourage you in these weeks to come that you would take your Bible out and that you would read Hebrews chapter 11 and maybe take a few minutes to look up some of these characters um, that are mentioned in what we call the Hall of Faith. People like Abraham and Moses and Sarah and Rahab and many others that are listed in that chapter. But what they went through and what they did, even in uncertain times or in moments of fear or worry or stress, You know, we think about Abraham and we think about Abraham leaving where he's at and going and making this arduous trek. We think about the faith that he would have had to have had even when things maybe weren't looking so good. And I think that that is what we want to consider in light of the events that are taking place today, but also in light of the faith that it took for Jesus Christ to continue to do what he needed to do even when it seemed that many were against him. Our definition of faith, or a definition of faith that we often apply as Christians, we find in Hebrews 11, verses 1 and 2. And it says, Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And normally I would not include verse 2, quite frankly. I would just include verse 1. Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see because that is the fundamental definition of faith, believing in something that you can't physically or tangibly touch. But I included verse 2 Because it says this is what the ancients were commended for. These characters in Hebrews chapter 11 were commended for this faith that they exhibited during their times of trial. And I think that is noteworthy to us because God can say to people at this time frame, He can commend us for the faith that we have in Him even when we don't really understand what's going on, or even when we are living in what I would say are unprecedented times. I want to, at this juncture, I just want to share three quick thoughts in relation to what's going on outside uh, in the world today. Daniel and I were talking just a few minutes ago. And the governor came on today and, um, you know, I don't think I will be back in school before the beginning of May. Um, I think there will be a lot of items that we, we may not even have church as a body of believers. Now, that doesn't mean we can't have church and it doesn't mean we aren't still a body of believers. It means we're not gathered together in this building. We're still together in spirit and in truth. But in relation to what's going on outside, I want to share three quick thoughts, and I want to give credit for where they come from. I have a manual that was given to me, a book, some years ago, uh, called The Christian Minister's Manual, and it was written by a Dr. Guthrie Veach. And I've been looking at this, particularly the section in this book on comfort. 
And I'm, I've taken three uh, statements, and I'll probably share some additional statements with you in the next couple of sermons. But I want to share a couple of thoughts from this manual. Number one, God does not purposefully cause suffering. It occurs with His permission, but not necessarily His will. What God allows, He doesn't necessarily sanction. I don't believe that it is God's will that people get sick and die. I don't believe that it is God's will that crimes be committed. I don't believe that it is God's will that evil is perpetuated in any form. So I think sometimes we say, well, then why does He allow certain things? And when I start thinking about that, why does He allow certain things... I think about Romans chapter 9. And I think about when the writer says, But who are you, O man, to talk back to God? Shall that which is formed say to that who formed it, Why did you make me this way? I think about Job. I think about the end of Job. And I think about God's conversation with Job when He told Job to brace himself like a man. And then He asked Job where he was when He created the very foundations of the earth. I think that if we have faith, we believe that God is in control and we believe that God sees a picture and sees the pieces of the picture that we don't have the capacity to see. I think it is best that we not question God in a time like this. I think it is best that we have faith that He will carry us through. Because I don't believe that we possess the mental capacity. I don't believe that we possess the ability to understand fully God's plan, His design, or His will. I think what we need to remember is that God does not sanction bad things. He allows them to occur. They do not occur with His permission. Number two, God grants us free will to live our lives as we choose. As sinners, we make choices that are not godly, and suffering is the result. To remove the choice is to remove free will. I think it fair to say that there's not a one of us that wants to have free will removed from our lives. And in fact, I would go as far as to say that the ability to worship God freely is the greatest gift, the only gift really, that we can give to God. What are you going to give to the author of life, to the Creator? We can't create anything that even begins to compare to creation. What are we going to give to God? We're going to give Him our free will. We're going to give Him our love. We're going to give Him our adoration. We're going to give Him our worship because it is the one item that we can freely give that belongs solely to us. Now that's my opinion. We need to have faith. We need to have the faith that God is in control. We need to believe in what we cannot see or what we have not touched because it is the substance of who we are. 
It is the foundation of what we believe. We believe in God because we can. We believe that God will help us. We love Him. We offer up the fruit of our lips, the sacrifice of praise to God because we can. And because to give that gift and to give it willingly is to give the only item that we really possess that matters. Number three, God has the unique ability of transforming good out of evil. I have faith that no matter what comes from the ensuing weeks, I believe that God can take bad and make good come from it. I believe that God is in control. I believe that God is the author of salvation. And I believe that ultimately, perhaps, when this is all said and done, perhaps there will be something that will actually make us better. That is the faith, I believe, that we need to have. I want to go back to those two verses again. I want you to read them with me. I want you to look. I want you to think about what you think faith means to you. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And it is my prayer that God will commend the Mitchell Church of Christ and the body of believers that extend beyond this building because I'm going to go on record as saying that the body of believers are not tied to a church building, they're not tied to a specific title, and they are not tied to a specific branch. The body of believers worldwide, it is my prayer that God will commend us for the faith that we exhibit when times are tumultuous. Hebrews 3 and verse 6. But Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house. And we are His house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. Now, for those of you that were here last Sunday, or for those of you that may have listened to the previous sermon, you know that I use this verse in the sermon. We are God's house. We are God's house. The people. And Christ is a faithful servant over God's house. But what I think is interesting is, is that whenever you see this, and I, I, I think you've heard the expression go hand in hand, Faith and confidence go hand in hand. So which is it? Which breeds the other? Is it faith that breeds confidence? Or is it confidence that allows us to have faith? At some juncture, I don't care. To me, it's a splitting of hairs. They always go hand in hand. Faith and confidence go hand in hand. 
Because of our faith, we have confidence that things will be okay. Because of our faith, we have confidence in our Savior. But this is also kind of the juncture where I kind of, you know, I want to overlap. I want to overlap between what's going on in the world, but I also want to overlap with this glorious week that we're coming to, this Easter, this celebration, the resurrection of the Messiah. Jesus Christ gives us confidence because of the faith that He exhibited, because of the faith that He had. You know, the Bible says, and I don't think we should ever forget this, the Bible says that He was tempted in every way such as we are, yet was without sin. Jesus Christ may have been a holy deity, but He chose to walk on earth as a man. Therefore, He felt every emotion that we have felt. Yet He was faithful until the very end. And that gives us confidence because He is the faithful servant over God's house and we are His house. Now, I'm going to go fairly quickly through these next several slides, but I just came across several quotes about faith. And it's like everything else in life, something different is going to resonate with someone. It may not resonate with me, but it resonates with you or vice versa. And so here we go. I thought you might find these interesting. The first one is, faith is the light that guides you through the darkness. If you frame that in terms of today, I don't know. I don't want to be gloom and doom, but I don't think any of us really knows for sure what will or won't happen. That feeling of uncertainty is not a feeling that many of us like. Faith will be the light that will guide us through the darkness. A second quote. Faith is all about believing. You don't know how it will happen, but you know that it will. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I thought this was kind of a neat uh, picture. I, I think maybe I thought it was neat because of the idea of a stairway to heaven. I don't know. But it says faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the whole staircase. Once again, walking by faith is not walking by sight. Walking by faith may require the absence of sight. Faith is not about everything turning out okay. Faith is about being okay no matter how things turn out. And I think we could gloss over that one pretty quickly. But the reality is, is that faith isn't necessarily easy. You know, I'm looking at Daniel back there, you know, as he's making sure that everything goes fine. You know, it wasn't that long ago I was in the same place he was and my children were young. 
You know, my children are 23 and 20 now, and one of them is getting ready to graduate college and start his own life, and uh, I don't want anything to happen to him any more than I wanted anything to happen to him when he was three. Let faith be bigger than your fears. And I'm not going to re-preach the sermon that I preached last week, but if you have a moment of fear, do not feel shame. You're a human. Our faith has to be bigger than our fears. And since we're kind of going back and forth between maybe what may be going on today and the Jesus Christ who's going to go to the cross to bear the sins of all humanity, let's talk about that for just a minute. Do we think for one second that Jesus Christ was never afraid? If He felt every human emotion that we have felt, and some may disagree with me, but when He prays, in the garden, and his sweat become as drops of blood. That is a fervent prayer. When he says to his Father, not my will, but thy will be done, but if you're willing to take this cup, I'm willing to let you take it. That is humanity. And our Savior understands humanity. You will notice that um, I'm using some of the same verses uh, multiple times. And... Part of the reason that I'm doing that is because I feel like that they need to be reiterated. I feel like they carry a message that is extremely important to us at this time. And Hebrews 3 and verse 6, once again, says, But Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house, and we are His house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. Our faith can help us get through these tumultuous times. And they are tumultuous times. Our faith can help us prepare our hearts for Easter. You know, on the one hand, I want to really try to be there and address thoughts and fears that may be in people's minds or hearts at this point. But, it, but, but there's another part of me that wants us to remember that we are getting closer and closer to a time frame that as Christians we embrace and, and, and that we love and that we look forward to. You know, when we come in here on Easter Sunday and we sing, Up from the grave He arose... And we sing it at the top of our lungs because we have that joy in our hearts that our Savior arose. Then there's a part of me that can't help but say, over the next few weeks, let's address thoughts and fears that we may be having, but let us not forget adoration and excitement. Those emotions didn't disappear from our lives at this point. Our faith is going to help us not only through trying times, it's going to help us get ready for celebration. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son 
that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Something that I alluded to earlier, and we're almost finished here, but something that I alluded to earlier was Luke 22 and verse 42. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. I would say the same thing. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from us. This cup that we are now experiencing, if you be willing, take it from us because we would be glad to let you take it from us. But if you are not going to take the cup from us, because you do not sanction bad things, but you do allow them to happen. If you're not going to take the cup from us, then Lord, not our will, but your will be done. Now that is faith. That is, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. This was the faith that our Savior had when He said, okay, I'm still going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do your will, God. That is why we can read this verse. But Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house. And we are His house. If indeed we hold firmly to the confidence and the hope in which we glory. Jesus Christ said, Not my will, but thine be done. And showed us the perfect example of faith. We say to God, if you can take this cup, take it. But if you won't, let your will be done. That is the faith that we want to have in this time frame. And that is the faith that we want to have as we approach the glorious Easter season. It is Daniel and I's prayer that you will be blessed. It is our prayer that you will be safe. It is our prayer that you will be edified. It is our prayer that you will have faith through these times. We can't wait till we can all get together again. In Jesus' name, amen.